Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Overload Show. I'm Jake Agat, alongside my co-host, Christy Martino. We're coming at you here from a beautiful night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Monday, November 19th. On today's show, we're going to recap Week 11 of the NFL, go over our start and sit from last week, see how we did. Uh, We're also going to give you some fantasy waiver wire advice, and then we're going to touch up on some news from around uh, all sports. So uh, stay tuned. we got a great podcast for you coming, and we'll see you back soon. Welcome, everybody. And Chris, start off things. How was your weekend? It was wonderful. Guess what? What happened? I saw Pitt secure the ACC so championship. They secured the ACC Coastal bag, but that's not NFL. We're getting this, we're getting into some NFL, even though the Pitt news is big for us. So uh, first game, it was Thursday night's game, Packer and Seahawks. Seahawks took it 27-24. What are your takeaways, Chris? That the Green Bay Packers are everything that they said they are. Overrated. I just I had Seattle win in this game, and they did exactly what I said they would. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's not the MVP. I don't know how he's still an MVP. He had talks. another. I mean, but like, I mean, statistically, he had another really strong game. But it, it's whenever it's on the road, it just the 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 box score looks nice, but the uh, the the eye test is different when he's on the road. The last time they won a road game, the Green Bay Packers, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I mean, what they are last what, year. Oh, 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 and four, oh, and five so far on yes. the road. Yeah, I think yes, oh, and five. Yep. And they're four, oh, and one at home. Yeah, oh, and five on the road, and Seahawks are two and two at home. Let's dig into the C- Seattle Seahawks real quick. Uh, Russell Wilson, great again. Yeah, and another strong performance from the, from the running game. They've really reinvented themselves as as just a power running team. I think that helps alleviate a lot of the pressure for uh, for Russell Wilson. Obviously, he's not running for his life all the time. He can get a little more play action in there, and uh, he's been absolutely pinpoint the entire year. Their whole running game is starting to shape form, and that O-line is still bad. But when you got Chris Carson, Rashard Penny, and Mike Davis starting to become like a three-headed monster yeah, almost. definitely. I mean, I, Chris Carson, I mean, health has been a little bit of an issue. He's missed two games, with, uh, and, and he's been limited in some others with a hip injury all year. But, I mean, when he's at full strength, he's a powerful man. Uh, they invested a first-round pick in Penny. He's been a real good change of pace. Uh, especially lately, and then Mike Davis is—he's uh, not your prototypical third-down scat back, but uh, he does the job. He had a—he had a couple receptions. He—he's been a really solid player, and especially like I said, the, the games Carson has been out, he's really stepped up in those games. If I'm the Seattle Seahawks fan, my biggest takeaway right now is Doug Baldwin's touchdown. You know that's your number one wide receiver, and you're glad you see him do some work here. So the Green Bay Packers go on to four, five, and one, and the uh, Seattle Seahawks go at five and five. Yeah, I mean, so both of these teams, they're, they're not they're, – they're kind of out of their division races already, but they're both in the hunt when it comes to the wild card. And which which of these teams do you think has the better chance to uh, get a wild card? Seattle. Seattle. See, the only thing is I, I'm concerned about their defense. They have, they have some problems at every level, but they do have a guy, and I'm giving my first official pay the man, Frank Clark. Pay the man. Contract year player. He is a dog. What I I just don't see uh, Chicago's the real deal, so that's a problem for Green Bay, and I think that well, yeah, yeah, like the I big, said, what's I, the I biggest problem with the Green Bay Packers right now? I mean, obviously they can't win on the Mike road. Mike McCarthy. I, okay, I mean McCarthy and their play. He just can't get it done whenever good. the time is. Look, and a, the, any team that loses on the road, especially, that's going to translate more so in the in, in the postseason if they make it. 
they're going to have to travel their first game, and it's going to be ugly. Green Bay started out winning, and then they just lost it. They oh, were up 14-3. Completely, completely collapsed. They folded down, down in the stretch. Moving on, we got our hometown Steelers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, come away with a 20-16 to 16 point comeback victory. Now it's 16-0 with about 17 minutes to play. Furious comeback from the Steelers. All playmakers on offense were in full force. Even though Connor was a little bit shaky, uh, what do you think about this game, Chris? Have a day, Leonard Fournette. That's your takeaway from this That's game. That's my takeaway from this game. Have that, a first half, Leonard Fournette. Yes. I ju- my biggest takeaway here is the resilience from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And especially and especially especially the Steelers defense. Yeah, I think that um they never gave up in this game, even though that they were being dominated for three quarters, they just never gave up. Uh they kind of turned away from James Conner, but that's because of game flow. And I think Big Ben is just doing Big Ben things. Yeah, especially I like uh, in his uh, post-game press conference, Big Ben said that uh, the the defense the entire time, even though the offense was lacking, you know, they didn't put up any points until about, uh, about two minutes left in the in the uh, third quarter. The defense the whole time just kept saying to him, hey, uh, you know, you're our guy. Hang in there. You're going to win this for us. You know, wh- whenever your defense has, has – uh, the offense is back on a day where the offense isn't clicking, isn't firing on all cylinders. That's huge, and that's a championship team. Jacksonville Jaguars were up 16 nothing with two minutes left in the third quarter. And what does Ben do? Hits a deep shot to A.B. Under under some serious pressure. Took a solid hit on, on the way down there, but A.B. was getting frustrated all game, especially I, I, at halftime. I was freaking out to all my friends and anybody who would listen, basically. I was basically an old man shouting out the window saying, you know, don't, don't throw it to him. Who cares about his stats? He's getting blanketed. But he I really up. didn't see Diva A.B. in this game, though. I really didn't. I think A.B. knew that Ramsey was a tough task, so he, he stayed collective and calm. He, I think he was okay in that sense. He was getting frustrated, but like one of the big things for me was all three of Ben's interceptions, all three that counted, I should say, were tar- were when he was targeting AB. First one up the seam with Jalen Ramsey undercut, then he overthrew AB on an out route when he was blanketed by Ramsey and Barry Church came in, and then finally in the end zone, Ramsey just took it out of took it off his head. So the stat lines in this game, Antonio Brown, 5 for 117 and a touchdown, yeah, and two, Juju yeah, Smith-Schuster, yeah. 8 for 100. Yeah, two for two 100-yard uh, receivers for the Steelers against – I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars, their defense is maligned this year, but they going into this game were still the top uh, unit against the pass. And we shift our focus to the Jacksonville Jaguars now, 3 and 7. What's your biggest takeaway here for the Jaguars? Jaguars, they played conservative. Bortles attempted 18 passes. They were obviously just so scared to let him have the ball. They were just more than more than content to just let the combination of Fournette hide and yell and run the ball. And whenever that stopped working, the entire offense start, started going downhill and started getting five and out or three and outs, I should say. They just gave up. They they, they did. They they played scared. They just hoped that uh, the what happened in the first half would translate over. But at some point the uh, Pittsburgh offense is going to start clicking. And it did, and they came away with a last-second victory. Ben scoring a one-yard rushing touchdown with three seconds remaining. Yeah, I mean, they played not to lose. Steelers 4-0-1 on the road. Anytime you do that in the NFL, you're going to have a great season. Yeah, and going back to last year, they're 15-1-1 on the road in their last 17 road games. I mean, or probably even more than last year, but – yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like, like we just talked about how the Packers can't win on the road. The Steelers have shown the ability to go into 
somebody else's house and come away with a, come come away with a victory. And we move to the one of the teams that's growing on me the most, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, self-proclaimed America's team. Everybody wrote them off for dead, but after two, Seabold expe- didn't. Especially a couple weeks ago, uh, Monday night game, they got pounded by Dallas. Uh, they really came back, took uh, victories against two two teams that really can fly, and the uh, Eagles and the Falcons went into the places both times and came away with victories. I really like how this offense has transitioned into a wannabe passing team to just now just feed Zeke and w- whatever opens, opens up. Every time Dak Prescott stepped back in that pocket, he was looking right to Amari Cooper, and that's a great sign for both. Yeah, I mean, they invested a lot in a first-round pick. is a little pricey for my taste, but the the results record-wise have really paid off. They, they've really transitioned into a power-run team. They've kind of given up this identity of trying to pass, trying to get Dak Prescott his stats, and Dak Prescott has really emerged lately. I'm going to have to go with Amari Cooper's everything for a first-round pick. I, I think uh, that they no. – yes, I think he no. d- still has a first-round talent, the, the, and the he's Patriot, still young. The Patriots got Josh Gordon for a fifth-rounder, a conditional fifth-rounder. Are you serious? I like. I understand that. It's because nobody likes Jerry Jones. Okay, I, I I understand that Gordon has his issues, but and he's I'm, he is a pro, he's more than a he is a proven playmaker more so than Cooper and a fifth rounder compared to a first rounder for Cooper. You've got to be joking. My takeaway here for the Dallas Cowboys is one Ezekiel Elliott over 100 yards and a touchdown and seven yeah, for 80. 201 scrimmage receiving. I get that. And then Dak Prescott not reaching over 300 yards. But another rushing touchdown for him, which th- that that kind of play style suits him a lot better. And then we shift our focus to the Atlanta Falcons here. They lost Again. at home. And who's at fault here? You lose 22-19. I was do you place it's it on not Matt the Ryan? Defense. The defense played well. The Falcons, they're a team that needs to score 30-plus to win I'm, or to be in a position to win. And when the the offense the last couple weeks has just gone completely in the tank. I'm going the run game. I mean, the run game certainly isn't isn't helping them any. Uh, they still got serviceable production primarily from Coleman, but they're just out of sync. I mean, they have one they have one play that really works, and it's throw it to Julio. Yeah, that worked. He they went can't six for one eighteen and a touchdown. He had nine targets in this game. And over and a huge, a huge play that nobody I mean, some people are talking about, but uh the an interception that he broke up by just tackle, uh, yeah, by the just tackling stick. the safety. Yeah, Wade, that was huge. Saved the game right there. And next we got the Panthers and the Lions. Lions winning this one by a score of twenty to nineteen primarily on the backs of a failed two-point conversion uh, by the Panthers with about a minute remaining. Uh, what do you think about the call, first off, more b- before we get into the game? Absolutely terrible. How can you do you, – you know that you got to keep pace with the Saints, right? I mean, yeah, but uh, how Gano was – Gano was having a I don't, very I don't care. You don't, you don't risk that at 6-4 and four right now. But, I'm just. Okay, but I thing, don't okay, like the call. There's keeping pace with the Saints, and there's kind of admi- kind of realizing that the playoff picture, especially when it comes to winning their division, is out of it. And this was a game that they needed, and uh, more so that that this was a game they could take a risk in. And on the road against Alliance team that was shutting them down most of the day, they got it within one. They wanted to go for the win. They trust. I mean, you you cannot fault Rivera for trusting his defense, but. It was the offense that let him down. I mean, Newton completely sailed, thrown it to Jarius Wright. 
if you're the Detroit Lions. But, but the Panthers had them on the ropes, though. They scored 12 in the fourth quarter. I think you, you get one more stand in there, and you could even possibly take them in OT. I don't know. You do that when you but have you, nothing to lose. You, you go for to, it when you have nothing to lose. You don't want to play OT on the road. Nobody, I, n- nobody wants to go into OT on the road. Against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, Not I mean, a very good team? But, but the Lions have a couple quality wins under this belt. They're a tough team to play, even if their record doesn't. It, like whenever they're playing well, they can hang with basically anybody. Whenever the wheels fall off, that's and and that's what everybody thinks the Lions are. Luke Keekley had uh, eleven tackles in this game. He's dude, great. Dude, the dude, defense Keekly, is great. Uh, Luke Keekley isn't a name that I'm hearing a lot this year. I I, I mean I assume well, that's what he, I'm saying. I, I'm, I assume he's still playing at a, at an elite level, but. He has just – he's not made the same impact plays that he has had in the past. Yeah, and then we shift to the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, what's going this, on? Well, this was good, Matthew Stafford. He locked into Kenny Galladay today, uh, 14 targets, and uh, uh, an acrobatic touchdown uh, to, to put them up and, I mean, to essentially be the game-winning score. Um, this was good, Stafford. This was good four-quarter Stafford. Um, because most games he's he's uh, fourth quarter Stafford. You're seeing great things out of Carry On Johnson. Yeah, I uh, did come away with a knee injury though. He's getting an MRI today. Yeah, hopefully for the Detroit Lions' sake, everything comes back okay. Because I, especially when he's running hard, those are the, like whenever he's running hard, those are the games that they really take control of, and and that and that's what I like to see because it's been so tough watching. Lions running backs the past couple years just be non-existent and non-impactful. The next matchup I have is the Tennessee Titans and then Indianapolis Colts. This game was horrible. What? what yeah, if you're the what Tennessee is, Titans, what's wrong with the Titans? Just for football, this was a game that a lot of people had had, had circled as, as a prime time game to watch. But what in the absolute hell? The Colts throttled them thirty-eight to ten. I just that t- Tennessee Titans was never the same team when they came back from London. I just messed with their heads or something. I just think they just couldn't stop Andrew Luck, who threw three touchdown passes in this game at 300 yards. T.Y. Hilton. And in, in another game where Andrew Luck doesn't barely even gets touched, zero sacks. Andrew Luck has not been sacked in each of his last five starts. This is according to Adam Schefter. Cite your sources. I just did. Uh that I mean, the, the, one of the big things was luck, care, especially early in his career, c- absolutely carrying the team. One to look at is Marcus Mariota oh, yeah, in this he, game. Yeah, uh, they say he came away with a stinger, but we'll have to watch that. This was another case of bad Mariota. He was not the flying Hawaiian this time. You see that play for the Colts when they tried to do that fake, the Philly special? Yeah. It, and Andrew Luck missed worked, the dude. ball? Uh, he, he went all out, but also – this was this was uh, that that Eric Ebron threw it. Yeah, that was the only touch he had all game. Yeah, he had no, he had no targets, nothing. That was the only ball he touched, and that it almost worked. But dude, there I love seeing Philly specials around around the league. They everybody has their own little different version, and they're awesome to see. Moving on, we have the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Big story in this game. Well, two, really, uh, Saquon Barkley, three TDs, had a real big day, carried the team. But also, Tampa Bay Buccaneers go back to Jameis Winston, something that maybe they didn't really want to do considering that uh, he has the option next year, uh, guaranteed for injury only. They could have they could have moved on after this year if they wanted to, but he fourth in the, uh, I mean, he had 21 points in the fourth quarter to make this a game. They ultimately lost 38-35. to 
Um, tough to see because the Buccaneers play. I mean, they, they always keep it interesting. Uh, but th- this game was more so about, you know, number one overall pick positioning. And the Giants, you know, maybe hurt themselves a little in that regard. Uh, now that honor really comes down to the one of the 49ers, Raiders, and Cardinals at the moment. Yeah, Zaquan Barkley, over 140 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown in this game. My take on that Tampa Bay passing, I don't think they should have made the switch. I think you should have kept Fitzpatrick. He's doing me great in fantasy. Got to keep it up. Well, well, how about combined? Yeah, I saw that. Combined, their quarterbacks are averaging more points per game than than anybody. Yeah. Anybody in history. The tops right now is Aaron Rodgers' 2011 season. They're a full point ahead of him per game. OBJ, I didn't hear much of him. Yeah, yeah, four for Um, seventy-one. Yeah, he's definitely making. He's definitely making. uh, Caught all his targets. Yeah, in uh, in a game where uh, Manning. Attempted what, like nineteen passes, twenty passes, something like that. Uh yes, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Low volume game, but still targeted Beckham. Uh was and and something that that's kind of plagued him has been efficiency on his targets. He's really a bounce back in that regard this year. I want to highlight Daquan Barkley. The thing you see about him is his passing. He's always been a great pass catcher, but you never really seen him in the run game. But in this, this one, you really finally shown. Over. Yeah, you finally shown why he was the number two pick overall. And he just did as advertised, really, is what you're getting from him. And you, it was a coming out for him. You, you know, you, you were waiting for that big game where you're like, yes, that's our future guy, and this was it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And, and, but he's been fantastic all year, and they're still 3-7. and seven, And the knock this year hasn't been on Barkley. It's just the fact that running backs, even how generational and talented they are, don't impact – the win-loss column as much as even an average quarterback does. Yeah, Eli Manning, he's just trying to make it through the end of the season. He knows he's on the hot seat. But the thing is, he's one of those guys, it's just like Peyton, he's not going to walk away. No. He's not, and and he he's going to put the Giants in a tough situation. And I think you're you're going to see this coming up with a lot of teams. Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. These are all guys, and Brady, obviously, on the twilights of their career, still playing at a high level. Manning, not so much. But pretty soon we're going to be ushering in a very new wave of quarterbacks. And obviously everybody already said, you know, Wilson, Luck are going to take the torch. They're already almost 30. When when is this new when is this new wave of quarterbacks going to come up? I think it's coming each and every year. I mean, it depends on the draft class, obviously, if it's stronger yeah, or not, and, and and how the quarterbacks are are developing. League, it's just because we're getting older, and a lot of these, you know what I mean. Brady can't play forever. Yeah, but, uh, but he says he's going to play forever. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, you you got to think within the next two to three years, Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, Rivers, those guys are going to be done. Yeah, I think Brady – who retires first? Brady, right? He got to be the first one I, out of all I those old so. guys. I hope. I mean, theoretically, Manning. Uh, Is I mean, he done this year, Brady? Brady? I, I don't think so. I do. But, he, like, again, he's going to be take guys, alert. He's not going to – he's not going to walk away. He's not going to walk away unless they win again. Brady? Brady. If they win, he's walking away. I he's think the, I think they're going to lose, honestly. I'm saying winning. He's shown every simple. age of 42. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's really – he's been aging dramatically. But sticking to the topic of week 11. Patriots, and I want to say something yeah, some sure, real quick ahead. about the Giants, about Barkley. He only had three out of the 11 games over 100 yards. 
that's not that good. But what, rushing? We, yes. Well, yeah, but I mean, he but, has... But, but when you look at his receiving yards, he's not had a game over 100. He had 199. But he's had a lot of receptions. He's on pace for 1,000. 1,000. Like just, 850-ish. He had seven touchdowns on the season, so... If you're if you're the Giants, you're definitely happy with him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but okay. So maybe the rushing totals. He still, I mean, he has a nice yards per carry, but more so, he's averaging over a hundred scrimmage yards a game. Yes. Yeah, a lot very similar to how David Johnson is on the Cardinals and has been a a runner out of the backfield, but also a very potent pass catcher, really sparking their offense. Yep. Uh, we next on docket we have the Houston Texans and the Washington Football Team. This game was just highlighted. I shouldn't say highlighted. It was lowlighted by a devastating Alex Smith injury out for the season. Broken tibia and fibula that required emergency surgery. Best of luck uh, to Alex Smith on a, on a quick and fast and healthy recovery. Things you hate to see dot com. Yeah, things you hate to see, but things you kind of have to watch. I'm going to admit it. I, I watched it. I, wa- I watched the replay of it, and it was gross. Yeah, I saw it. And moving on, because I don't want to think of Alex Smith's injury in my head. It hurts my leg. Anyways, Deshaun Watson in this game, he did enough to win. Over the past couple weeks, for some odd reason, they've become this weird, low-volume passing attack, Not, but also not a high-efficiency running attack. But they have been feeding carries to both Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. Yeah, Chris... Uh, Keelan QT in this game, 5 for 77, 9 targets. Hopkins, 5 for 56 and a touchdown. That's a good spot there. I mean, yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think that Houston is doing enough. I, I had them winning this game. Uh, they're on a seven-game win streak after starting at 0-3. And so, but more so, I mean, okay, so the Texans won a game that, especially with Smith going out, they they, they should have won and they needed a win to keep their lead in the AFC South. But the Redskins, they're 6-4. They're and four. One game ahead of the Cowboys in the NFC East, and you got to think playoff picture wise that only one team is going to come out of there. Who is it? I mean, the Redskins have the best record, but again, only one game ahead. But starting Colt McCoy, how how much do you trust Colt McCoy to lead them down the stretch? They got six games remaining. I wouldn't trust him with my cell phone. That's how much I trust Colt McCoy. I think Dallas is definitely going to leapfrog over Washington. I think Washington was good for so long, but I think their time's up. But does this even with Alex Smith, even if he was healthy, I still think Dallas was going to leap through. But does the injury also open the door for the Eagles to come back? No. Or do you think they're done? I I think they're finished. You they're, think it's not yeah, fly Eagles? Yeah, fly? I think. You think it's land Eagles land? I think it's land Eagles land. Oh. I think you got humiliated by the Saints and. Okay, they got humiliated. Definitely but brought out some scars. Only two games back, they have to have at least one game against Washington left. I believe two. They have the best quarterback in the division. If they can figure it out, things can go their way. And they have another game against Dallas. This one's going to be in Dallas. But they have three very important division games remaining. They have a, You can't count them out. They tried. They tried. They tried count, and failed. You can't count them out. They made some moves, and I don't think they're going to get there. I just think that they're not the same team as they are last year. Nothing's oh, clicking not at, at all. all. Nothing's not at all. clicking. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ravens took this one by a score of 24-21. to 21. Um, It's nice to see that, uh, I mean, the Ravens were 4-5. F- and five. They evened up at 5-5, five and five, right? and the Bengals fell to 5-5, five and five, uh, coincidentally. 
big story out of here, Lamar Jackson. What would you think? I think the Steelers should be worried that they got to deal with him. 27 rushing attempts. Yikes. For a buck 17. I mean, at time, on, on their first drive, they had 11 plays, zero throws. Touchdown drive to open it. Yeah. Just capped by an Alex I, I think score. that. Zero passing attempts. I mean, that, that is unheard of in, in today's NFL, but the fact that it worked. For you fantasy owners out there, look for the Gus bus, baby. Gus Edwards, 17 for Gus 115 bus. and a touchdown. Also add Lamar Jackson while you're at it. He had 27 carries. He was the He's the first quarterback ever to have that since the 1990s. And uh, he had 117 yards. He also threw for 150, and he had an interception. Yeah, but that's your bright spot, really. You know what he's. You know what you're gonna get with him on the run. Run. It's what. What are you gonna get from yeah. him on the pass? Yeah. What What was nice was seeing them just non-hesitatingly transition to a hard-nosed football running. They weren't trying to run the same offense they've been running with Flacco. They really changed it up to suit Lamar Jackson, and it worked. Willie Sneed, 5 for 51 in the yeah, receiving I, game. He, uh, Brown and Crabtree both only had one target. He had he led the team with uh, eight. So he had eight out of uh, 18 targets. So also Willie Sneed is a possible uh, fantasy pickup if you want. Uh, mostly in PPR leagues, he uh, he only has two touchdowns on the year, and he's a, he's not a big yardage guy, but he has, a, he has a sizable target share in that offense and seems to be Jackson's go-to. Are you rolling with Lamar Jackson for the rest of the season? One more game. One more game. One more game. Hold Fl- hold Flacco out. See how it goes. Who do they play next? Can you look it up? Yep. They play the Oakland Raiders. So, uh, that's that's going to be a good one. And then at Atlanta Falcons and then at Chiefs. So you said, so do, do they play the Raiders at home? Uh, yes. Okay, then you said at Falcons, at Chiefs? Yes. I think if he, I think you start him again. See how he does against the Falcons, right? No, I think you you start him against the Raiders. He should run over, over the Raiders. He if, should have two fifty. Okay, easy. but but I I want to say if if he shows better as a passer against the Raiders, start him against the Falcons because you're going to have to throw the ball to beat the Falcons or to even be competitive against the Falcons and the Chiefs. Cincinnati Bengals takeaway. Uh, they are dead in the I I dead in the seen, water. I, I, they're dead in the water. I haven't seen a team be this. Bad. Well, especially the offense be this incompetent without its star wide receiver uh, since Odell last year. Yeah, I think that A.J. Green, he should be back. So hopefully that will get things clicking because the Bengals, they're still in it. Right now they're in a race I mean, with, technically, the, with the Baltimore Ravens. Tough. No, they're just you just want to beat the guy next to you, and if you beat the Ravens, that's the guy you want to do. Joe Mixon, 12 for 14, was he even there? Did he even show up to the game? I I mean he saved his fantasy day somewhat by having a touchdown, but um I don't know what's up with that. They're they're the defenses are just able to tee off against the the running game and, and stop him. Gio, Gio Bernard didn't do anything either. No, Andy Dalton did enough to keep his starting job like he always does. Next we have the Raiders and the Cardinals. Like I said uh, a little bit earlier, this game was mostly about number one overall pick position than anything else. Raiders come away with their second victory of the year. Cardinals fall to two and eight. Identical records. Cardinals only two wins. Came Can you believe someone took the Cardinals in Survivor? Sheesh. Tony D. Oh, Tony D. Tony D. Hey, Tony you D. played yourself. Because actually, I probably would have picked a. I thought the Cardinals should have ran all over them. Well, yeah, I mean, and the Cardinals did. They had a huge uh, David Johnson touchdown called back on, on a holding call yeah. that really hurt them. That would have probably put the nail in the coffin. But. 
opened slightly jar. He did run for 137 yards. And he could have had a, he, he, I mean, he could have had a bigger day. Uh, and then, but they left the door open a little bit for Daniel Carlson to hit a field goal with uh, no time left. Uh, one of the big stories of this game was Gruden and Carr visibly getting into it on the sideline. CBS cameras caught it. Uh, they were heated, they but catch like everything. they say, uh, like yeah, I know they got the big dude, brothers watching. Dude, dude. Big <laughs> everywhere, brothers, big brothers watching. Everywhere. But uh, I mean, they got into it. But winning cures everything, and you know, for one more week, that's not going to be the talk of the town. It's going to be moving on to. Did the you Eastern. see this Arizona Cardinals team at two and eight? Yeah, I saw them. More I did at 0 and ten at this point. What? No, at the start of the season. You seen this two and eight start coming? Field, they, they didn't have a competitive roster, and like I said, their only two wins came in, came against the 49ers, who throttled the Raiders. Sheesh alert! Sheesh. Cardinals one and five at home. Yikes. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. Nope. If you're if you're the Oakland Raiders fan for some reason, biggest takeaway here is nothing at all. Your team's terrible. You'll get a good draft pick. That's about it. So next we have the Broncos and the Chargers in a uh, in, in a real nail in a real nail biter. Uh, 23-22 Broncos take it uh, at the Chargers. Like I said on uh, last week's podcast, no no Chargers home game is really a home game. Uh, they're basically playing 16 road games in a year. This knocked out half the survivor pool. Uh, the, the, I you know the Broncos, I saw this coming. I Broncos, honestly did. The Broncos play a tough brand of football. Drop game alert. Between Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, they're getting a lot of production out of their r- rookie running backs. Three combined touchdowns from them. Brandon McManus has been a little shaky all year, but did uh, did nail a solid field goal at the end to secure the victory. Uh, Phillip Rivers. Quietly had a great game. I, well, the, well, that's the thing. He, I mean, 28 for 43, 400 yards, two touchdowns, also two crucial interceptions. Then also, with about 40 seconds left, Instead of taking a sack or whatever, he threw the ball worm burner to Keenan Allen, stopped the clock. That probably cost them, honestly. I mean, a rare mistake of that kind for the veteran. Yeah, Keenan Allen, 9 for 89, and a touchdown. He also had a great game in this one. Chargers, it sets you back just a little bit. Yeah, I'm still 7-3. I mean, you won seven games in a row. It ha- I mean, you got to lose at some point. It's fine. Move on to the next game. Denver, Look things are looking up. One team that it's not looking up for is the Eagles. Throttled 48-7. to This was kind of a game at some point, 17-7 after a Josh Adams run. But after that, they the uh, Saints scored 31 unanswered points. You know what helps when my boy Mark Ingram runs for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and Kamara, a sweet 37-yard uh Passing, uh, or not passing, receiving touchdowns. Drew Brees, three sixteen four touchdowns. And the Saints, you know, they're just having fun. They they went for it on fourth, uh, up thirty one. I mean, they're they're. What are they doing? I mean, they're I mean they're winning big. Sean Payton's. Mm, no, I don't no, like no, Sean no, no. They're winning big. They're they're getting all their playmakers in, uh, involved. And dude, one thing that I love, Taysom Hill. We need him on the show. We should Taysom Hill. He is he is a multi purpose player. He does everything. He's fun to eat. He's I need him practice today. Why not? I don't know. Because when you're good, you get special off days. See, but the thing is, no lead safe in the NFL. You know, if if they can score 31 unanswered, you know, so can Philly, technically. Mm. Anything can happen. You're right. Are you buying into the Saints? I've already bought into the Saints. I'm not buying in. Offense, I'm buying in. Defense, 
not sold. I mean, they have the best run defense. Long, long, in the long run, in the playoffs, in that one game, I'm betting against the Saints. Depending on who they play, of course. But the thing is, they're going to be at home. I don't care. They're going to be at home. That Saints, that Saints defense is just like the Chiefs defense. Look, the the thing is, I honestly think they would have made the Super Bowl last year if it weren't for that. The, Everything the, the Minnesota sticks miracle. to Stephon Diggs' hands. I, but yeah, but I mean, basically, if, it's not even that. Like, I'm not surprised he caught it. Marcus Williams, I don't know what he was doing. He whiffed on that, and I think I think they would have represented the 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 NFC in the Super Bowl. I truly do. And so, on pre podcast, we were talking. Seaball said, you know, do, does this mean more for the Saints, or does it say more about the Eagles? I think it says more about the Eagles. Uh, not performing well, four and six, dropping two straight. They're in a tough spot, and they next week is really going to go a long way into into de- determining how their season's going to going to go. I think that the Eagles are just had a chance in this game. Like I said, seventeen seven, and then they just absolutely blew it. On to the next one, the Vikings and Bears on Sunday, Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Prime Time. Bears win it 25-20. to 20. They are leading in the NFC North. They are 7-3. and three. The Vikings are in second, 5-4-1, followed by the 4-5-1 Packers. Uh, Bears. What are you going to say to my? What? The Bears. The Bears. Bears all over this one. Hey, Dick is a local guy, too. We can get him on the show. Yeah, Khalil Mack also. Get him on the what show. What I can do is I can I can uh, set up our our – Studio room. Yep. I can pose it as a cigar shop, and then he'll come and in. Dicka will come. Yes, we need Mike Dicka on the show. Either Mitch way, Trubisky. Trubisky, a soft game from him. Yeah, so not a strong game. Good enough to win. Uh, he did help them, especially on third downs rushing. Uh, but this was not the passing game you want to see. Uh, and I don't know if that that level of passing is going to translate to wins when it come playoff time, come down the stretch. It is when you but have he, a great defense. He, yeah, exactly. He did enough, and and he let his defense do a lot. Khalil Mack was a game wrecker once again, wreaking havoc in the Minnesota backfield. He is a bad, bad man. And you know what? I'm going to give him my second, even though he got paid. I'm going to do pass tense. Paid the man. Good, you know. Yeah, good. I see it. I see. Yeah, Kirk no, Cousins. Good for them. How about him? Is he on your list? Of what? Paid that man. Uh, yeah. Nope. Not when you got 30 for 46, 262, two touchdowns, two picks, and the loss. But the, but the thing, he did that without any running game. No yeah, Dalvin Cook, game. nine for 12. Not Murray, four good. for five. Couldn't get anything good. Yeah, like yeah, you can't run the ball yards. when you got Cleo Mack hunting you down. I understand, but it's harder on the quarterback whenever. The, Stephon a, Diggs, great the, again. Yeah, so I mean, so he's a. I was thinking, is Diggs or Thielen the better receiver there? Which uh, one? No, no, no. I, I'm not gonna say that. Which one would you rather have? Give me Stephon Diggs. See, I'm. I'm torn I came on the show last week and I told you I'm not buying into Adam Thielen, and I'm still not. I mean, especially he is. He's dynamic. Obviously, the stats are there. He's he opened up with, you know, eight consecutive 100 yard performances. Uh, he's a great story. But I, I just, I, I don't know. Who do you think? I think Diggs is better athletically. You gotta take Diggs. Got it, got it. But route running and, and uh, honestly, the ability to stay healthy. It's, it's his hands for me. Diggs has great hands. The, I mean, so does. So like does you're walking him. down the street and then you just see a mailbox on his hand. Come on now. Dude, got to be good. He had over he had 18 targets in this game. So you ask oh, Kirk yeah. Cousins who's better. Well, it, it fluctuates. 
Allen Robinson, three for 39. Yeah, he, he had seven targets. He let me down. But uh, it was nice to see, you know, Taylor Gabriel stepped up. Anthony Miller caught another touchdown. You know, the Bears got weapons, and uh, the Bears are a dangerous team, especially with that defense down the stretch. Yeah, and we go on to this game of the year. Yeah, currently going on right now. Scores 40-30, to 30, Kansas City. Uh, fourth quarter just started. Patrick Mahomes, four touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill, six for 100 and a touchdown. Yeah, this is... This, Won me this my is, fantasy game, so... This is a game... I know, you, I know all the dedicated listeners. I know you're watching this game, so, you know, you already know what happened, but... This is awesome. This is the, this is football. If Everything you, that's meant to be, it is. Over. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I tell you all the time. Highest over of all time. If you if you got soft and took the under, you know. I know one guy that did that podcast. actually. Find a different podcast. I know one guy that did that. He's always wrong. And us never wrong. And a guy on our production team, Jesse Canley, he took the under. I don't know why he's still on our show. See about one, two, three. Boo, Jesse. Boo. Boo. Always hammer the over. Always. Yeah, always take the over. Well, Rams look like they're going to carry this one out. Chiefs do have a chance, though. Chiefs do have a chance, but Sean McVay, better coach. Who's a better coach here? Um, Andy Reid or Sean McVay? They're so different, especially the age gap gets me. Uh, I don't know. Reid. Both great offensive-minded. Yeah, but Reid – Reed has the history. I mean, Reed. Andy Reed's, Reed's a legend. Yeah. But Jared Reed's Goff legend, will become, when I say the greatest coach of all time, you'll think of Sean McVay. Uh, I mean, he's what, like 34? So he has. 31. A, he has a chance for 32. longevity. Yeah. All right. Uh, better offense, Chiefs or Rams? Rams. Better defense, Chiefs or Rams? Rams. There's your, there's your, there's your game then. <laughs> Well, Dude, it, it, it's close, though, so, you know. I'm actually going to take the Chiefs offense over the, the Rams offense. I think schematically the Rams are a little bit better. But either way, while we're talking about schematically, fantasy football is all about scheming it up. I think that this segment will help you a long way, especially coming down the stretch, getting into the playoffs. Some uh, start-sit. Well, not exactly start-sit. We'll go over ours from last week, but we're going to give you some fantasy advice, pickups-wise. Seaball, who you got quarterback? Me? I got Lamar Jackson. I've been saying it now, and I will say it again. Give me Lamar Jackson. He's only owned in 19% of the leagues. That's my guy, and that's your guy also. Well, yeah, especially if if they turn to him. His rushing upside is undeniable, and uh, – if he develops as a passer and they stick with him, he has a chance to Actually be really – Actually, just put in a claim for him right now. Yeah, he has a chance to be really dynamic. Another guy, Baker Mayfield, owned in 41% of leagues. Baker. Well, ESPN leagues, we should say. Um, he has a kind of a soft schedule down the stretch. Doesn't play the Steelers anymore, who haunted him a couple Who's weeks running ago. running back? Um, Gus Edwards is a big one everybody's talking the about. Gus Bus. He looked like he really took over that uh, Baltimore backfield. And, look, and, and especially – he, I was watching the game uh, read option wise, which obviously helps Lamar. Uh, yeah. He he looked the most comfortable out of uh, all the backs doing that. So twenty five for buck seventeen was good to see. I'm gonna have to gonna go with Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman's a good one. I mean, he he scored another touchdown. His usage just isn't there, and Lindsey isn't going away anytime soon. Another guy I'm looking at is Theo Riddick. 
carry on Johnson in a tough situation. Yeah. And Marvin Jones banged up. They already traded Tate. He maybe will see a couple more carries, uh, but especially more more targets in the passing game. My wide receiver that you that is a must add, Anthony Miller. Yeah, yeah. Scored a touchdown. I, I actually outed him right before that Sunday night game. That's good. Didn't matter. But uh, DJ Moore, it might be too late to pick him up, but he went off for the Panthers' 157 touchdown. It was a matter of time. DJ hey, well, Moore yeah, I mean, coming he, out. They, he was a first-round pick. I, I think he's more talented than Funches. Uh, I think Funches is definitely better suited for kind of a number two role, possession role. DJ Moore is a guy that athletically, you get it to him in space, he can take it all away. He had an 82-yard sideline catch that he you know caught, stayed in bounds, ran up field for it, didn't score, but set him up in a position to score points. He's a guy that can flip the field. Who's your uh, tight end in this one? That tight end? Uh, Jonu Smith is, is one that uh, everybody's looking at, but I would kind of shy away from him with that quarterback situation there. His his usage has gone up in recent weeks, um, but the tight end position is just extremely bare at this point. Uh, Cameron Braid is another one that's been talked about. Yeah, uh, O.J. Howard's banged up, so he's the only option there. In a, My in guy, a Antonio Gates. Yeah, he had a five game, for eighty and a touchdown. I, I think this was a this was a one time deal. He's uh, you got a soft Arizona defense night. against the against the tight end. But but next week just feels like a big running game to me. Yeah, just just, just control the clock. <laughs> but moving on, you know uh, other guys from around the league. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, a lot of rookie wide receivers. Uh, Christian Kirk, QT, Traquan Smith all had pretty big games. Uh, Jalen Richard is one, especially with Doug Martin hurt. Uh, he can help you out the running back position, but he might be gone already. And finally, Josh Adams. Like I said, he had a he had a nice touchdown run. He's looked the best out of the uh, Philadelphia backfield. You know, these are just guys to consider if they're there, if they're not there. You know, just take a look. This is a time where championships are made, uh, and you know, respect is earned. That is true. That is true. So we're going to go to a short break. Coming up after the break, we got some news from around the league and also a, a special ranking segment we're going to present to you guys. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back. I'm Christy Martino, and we normally start off with the Daily Chris, but we're going to switch things up going Egghead with Jake Egged. Welcome to Eggheads with Egged. I'm going to intellectually blow your mind. This week, I am bringing to you my first genius award goes to Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know he didn't, you know, he doesn't get the label of drafting Pat Mahomes. That goes to John Dorsey, now the GM of the Browns, who took Baker Mayfield. He was also in discussion, but I'm, I'm focusing on Veach here. Now listen up. Getting rid of Alex Smith had to be a hard decision. He's done really good things for the franchise, especially coming over from the 49ers. Great return on investment there. But they couldn't get over the hump, especially in the playoffs. Now they got Pat Mahomes. He has taken the league by storm. It's hard to, you know, obviously you invested a first round picking him, let him sit the whole year behind a solid veteran in Smith, but to take that leap of faith 
and hope that he's going to develop this rapidly into the quarterback that you thought he could be, and then some. He has produced those types of numbers. Third in the league in passing yards. First in touchdowns. Second in passer rating, only behind Drew Brees. He started the year on fire. They started off what? Uh, 7-0, 8-0. You know, who cares about the record? Right now they're 9-1, currently leading the game at the Coliseum against the Rams Monday night. Most hyped game of the year. Living up to it. Five touchdowns. Career high in yards. And the game's not over. He is third in yards per attempt. He's leading a dynamic offense that, you know, they have a a susceptible defense on the other side of the field. Whenever he's not on, he has to watch them blow leads, give up big plays. And time and time again this year, and hopefully for the next 15 years, he shows up every Sunday, Thursday, Monday. Who cares? He shows up, and he produces like nobody's business. He has already set the record by Chiefs quarterbacks for passing touchdowns in a season. You know, Pat Mahomes, you might think, you know, this is about Brett Veach. Hand in the reins to an unproven commodity. You know, complacency plagues the NFL. Meritocracy. You just saw with uh, the uh, Redskins signing Mark Sanchez. Last anybody ever heard of him, he caught a four-game PD ban. What are you even doing? You're not even playing anymore. What do you need PEDs for? But in a league where meritocracy is king, Brett Veach is the man, takes the leap of faith, gets Mahomes the starting job by chipping out Alex Smith. Says, here, here's a playbook. Beat Andy Reid. He's going to be your mentor. You're the guy now. Pat Mahomes coming out, a lot of questions. Can his type of play translate to the NFL? A lot of comparisons to Brett Favre. But for every Brett Favre, there's 50 Ryan Leafs, guys that play, that recklessness. 50. The odds were against him. And that is going to pay dividends down the road. Like I said, next 15 years, they're going to be competitive because of one man. Pat Mahomes. And that's all all because of Brett Veach. So congratulations, Brett Veach. You earned your Genius Award. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Eggheads with Eggie. Welcome back to the Sports Overload Show. I'm Jake Eggett, still here with Christy Martino. I'm here. We're going to get into some news from around the league, or not around the league, around sports, sorry. Uh, First, we're starting with uh, some MLB news. James Paxton traded to the New York Yankees. Uh, Big prospect going back to the Mariners, Justice Sheffield starting pitching prospect. Um, how much does this change the balance of power in the AFC or not the AFC? Jeez, I'm just stuck on football. That's, that's um, it, it's football season. The Pax and big arm, the big arm moving over. AL, yeah, 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 yeah. The AL. Um, Pat, yeah, I mean Paxton's a power arm, solid pitcher. He was having a really good year. Ran into some, ran into some injury problems, but you know what gets me thinking? Sore losers. 
to see your rivals win the World I Series, mean, yeah. so you got to go well, out there well, and get I mean, an arm. Yeah, I mean, as any team in, in any sport, that motivates you to you know do more. I don't. I don't think it'll help the World Series odds, but it's definitely a big arm. Um, it's a first step in what should be a busy offseason for the Yankees. I mean, free agency and all that's just getting they have underway. Tons so of pieces. You can expect to move. more trades. Yeah, but James Paxton, the big maple. I heard some rumors that they're, that they're looking at Goldschmidt. Ooh. They said I, – I also heard today that they are going after another big arm than signing Machado or Bryce Harper. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I especially – like maybe not signing them is one of the best deals, especially when you got Stanton still yeah, – I mean, he has a $325 million contract they're still on the hook for. Uh, and that's why, you know, through the grapevine, I heard they're looking at Goldschmidt one-year rental. Uh, lock down the first base, you know, add some more middle of the uh, lineup. Power, a good free pop, agent whatever. that I think they should go after is Patrick Corbin. Well, well, that's the thing. People were people were thinking that maybe instead of going after Corbin, maybe acquiring a starting pitcher. I heard, the, um, I read, you know, just some trade ideas. Uh, I think this one was from Bleacher Report. They were saying Carrasco was an option for them. Yeah. But, you know, maybe eliminate that. Go are you after. jumping for Machado? No, I don't think anybody is just because of his comments about hustling. You know, nobody will see that, especially you're going to free agent. He he didn't acclimate himself well uh, to the Dodgers culture. It seemed like it seemed that he was more of just a uh, he um, a me guy. So do it, you it, think it, Bryce I, Harper knows what he's, he's gonna, gonna no what he's gonna do? No, I think he's gonna he's just kind of testing the waters. I mean, he, you're only a, you're, you're a free agent. You got to have a team in once. mind. You we always see, have a team in mind. I mean, you have some teams in mind. You know, he has friends around the league, maybe looking to, to hook up with some of them, but. I don't know, but I think this is the first and what should be a busy offseason around the MLB and specifically specifically for the Yankees, uh, possibly getting un- – uh, What about Dallas Keuchel? He's a free agent. Well, him, Morton, you know, like maybe instead of going after Corbin, maybe give – instead of locking, your, locking yourself into, you know, like a five-year, $100 million deal range, maybe do a year for him. Yeah. Give him pretty much, you know, $18, 19000000 million. But this is definitely a step up for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, and right, it doesn't hurt them at like all. They, I mean, they have a solid long term, long term core, but I think they're in their search for guys going to go year for year. Also, we have some NBA news. Uh, LeBron scored fifty one yesterday. Every the, uh, Twitter and all that was going nuts about that. Uh, but more in the West, while the Lakers are emerging behind a ageless LeBron, the Warriors losing four or five and some serious. Rifts in the locker room, specifically between KD and Draymond Green. Yeah, Dray- Draymond's still on the bench. You know, Cousins. Crazy little bang up. When Cousins makes a return, I, I I don't know. Do you see them possibly offloading a player come trade deadline time? With if 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 Cousins is healthy and playing well, maybe offloading a, a Kevin Durant. Green. I don't know if you get get rid of Durant because of the stature that he has. I think if you're gonna get rid of somebody, Green is the guy to get rid of. I'd want Green on my team. I mean, I'd want him on my team, but whenever you're managing that many egos, and he has been kind of a problem for a little bit, but the, I mean, it, this is it's impacting the win loss column. It feels like, I mean, it, like it's hard to earn a one game suspension, or even just any suspension at all, and that's I mean that, that's where he found himself last week. Yeah. Some more news. Uh, this was this, this leaked out before the one o'clock games yesterday in the NFL. Uh, the Browns were considering Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State. Uh, it was quickly shut down. Yeah, it was quickly refuted by both sides. But it's 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 interesting nonetheless. Uh, John Dorsey sent out a um, little flyer saying that 
it was not true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody quickly refuted it, but it's it, it's still interesting because you know, first off, maybe looking outside. I mean, not too long ago, they hired a lawyer and an MLB stats guy to head their front office. Didn't work. Yeah, out. John Dorsey said he will go in the way of him, like like they handled and it. He's a traditional differently. football guy. Yeah. They hired a team for it for the head coaching job. So John Dorsey said, "No, I'm going to manage it. I'm not going to hire anyone else to go outside yeah, the waters." I mean, the, yeah, they're going. They're going to want his guys. So it, I mean, like I said, it was just it was a tidbit that came out right before the 1 p.m. games. It, it, I mean, it quickly. Speaking faded. on the Browns, do they sign Greg Williams as their head coach? I, I don't think so. I think I, I think I heard I heard a report that they're thinking about it. You know, deeply. Sean McVay and you know different guys around the league like that that have been hired, but, but they, they're winning games with Greg Williams, is which they love to see. In that I mean, defense they're more competitive, but you, one of the best, especially the with Baker Mayfield. You want to you want to focus on the offense and that development. I don't think Greg Williams is the guy for that. Uh, I definitely think they're going to look more into an all, a young offensive mind, well, maybe Lincoln Riley you coming bring, up. That was bring in a young offensive coordinator. Well, yeah, if you want to keep saying. Williams there, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Well, that I, got us thinking about women. In the National yeah, Football League as head NFL. coach, uh, and we decided to do a you know a little snake draft rank them of uh, of women that we would think would be excellent head coaches. So, me and Seaball, well Seaball and I, yep. uh, we rock paper scissored like mature adults uh, to see who got the one pick, and it was me. I and lost. My first pick will be Leanne Tui. Uh, displayed by Sandra Bullock in the blind side. You know, she obviously is going to be a huge locker room presence, being able to connect, you know, with the guys. And she knows. Uh, manage egos, battle through adversi- uh, adversity. You know, she's been there. She has a football background. I think she'd be a great fit. My number one? Gotta be Mama Boucher. Oh, that's good. Mama that's Boucher good. is Kathy Bates. I mean, she... She at first didn't like the game of football, and then she rallied around her son. And then, did you see her on the sidelines of that Mud Dog Championship I mean, she's game? Definitely somebody that she was you cheering know, she on the can rally the Yeah, she I definitely mean, could get them going. That's good. And that's if you got good. a guy like Bobby Boucher on your side, you're gonna win. That's good. Who you got next? I got Adele. Adele. I hey, think you know, I need to hear why. I just we think, all need to hear why. I just think that for for like you know it's kind of like Tim Tebow. A stunt, bringing him in. Adele, you would watch the game as if Adele was on the sideline, mic'd up. Come on well, now. I mean, what, what, what she, would she bring? She'd, she'd, all right, what would she bring in your quarterback's ear? She'd say, hello, it's me, every every time. That's what she would hello. say. And, and She's fired up. I mean, she's one of the biggest artists she's in the world. She knows else. football. I guarantee you that. Who's your number she's two? She's from the UK. She, she know, knows She, she knows football. a different kind of football. Football. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going the Virgin Mary. Um, she obviously, okay. you know, she produces miracles. Uh, you know, week in and week out, she's—I mean, she is going to inspire them, uh, and she's just going to, you know, overall bless the team. And I think sometimes you need a miracle to win. You, you, you need that. I mean, it's called the Hail Mary. So obviously, you know, she knows the playbook. That's true. She—I mean, it, she already is an integral part football? of the game. My number three, Moana. Moana. Yeah, I feel like if that girl... You're going outside the box. I feel like if that girl could travel the whole ocean by herself, her and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that she could do anything. And I think, hell, heck, if you could 
travel the, all across Complete. the ocean, you can manage a football game, certainly. I don't see the correlation. You don't see it? Well, watch the movie. Great movie. I, I have it on DVD if you want it. <laughs> I might take you up on that. All right, well. Uh, my last pick, uh, you know, I was surprised that she was still on the board here. Cinderella. Uh, definitely, I mean, it's called a Cinderella story for a reason. You know, she was the She'd first. Terrible, I mean, she was the first underdog. You know, we all fell in love with. Um, you know, things. You know, just when things aren't looking exactly right, you know, she finds a way to get things done. She knows adversity. She's been there. She's done that. She's someone who can really, like I said earlier, I don't want to sound redundant, but she rallies the troops. That's our list. You know, send. You know, tweet us uh, at the SOS podcast. Hopefully, you're following by now. Tweet us who you think had a better had a better ranking. Who had the better list? Mohamed Boucher. You got anything else to add, Seabull? No, that's about it. I think Adele, Moana, they're winners. I don't know, man. I think, I think, I, I, either way, let us know. And uh, that's all we have for you today. Uh, thank you for, thank you for tuning in once again. Once again, uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the SOS Podcast Sports Overload Show. Just go or search it. Uh, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're all over the place. Spotify, yep. Uh, subscribe. It's free. Give us a rating. T- let us know how we're doing. And we will be doing a special, uh, you know, a little, we're, we're calling it Sports Overload Short, uh, but we, we will provide, we'll be providing a show, some content for, uh, you know, you can gather around the table, listen to us. Yeah, just a little quick segment. A little quick segment that we're going to do for you. Because uh, we we appreciate all of the dedicated fans and listeners. Seaball, uh, any any notes info you got for us? No, no, nothing. That's it. All right. Well, like I said, once again, thank you for tuning in, and always remember, never wrong. Never wrong. <laughs>